I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Artie Friends Podcast. This is Allison. And this is Kara. Today, we are going to be talking about 21 things that we learned in 2021. This is a second part. Last year, we did 20 things we learned in 2020 to kick off the entire podcast. I think that was one of our first episodes. So we thought we would do that again. But first, we have a lot of exciting peaks of the year to talk about. Kara, did you want to start with yes. your personal one? Yeah. Did you have any catching up you wanted to do? Do you want to share even up to the last week or do you want to hop right into it? Um, well, I did. If you guys were invested in the hair dyeing saga, I did dye my hair. Thank you guys so much for all of the compliments on that picture. I mean, I personally really liked it, but it was very nice to get some good feedback. And I think I'm officially more brunette than you now. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like, doesn't it look darker than yours? It looks pretty dark. I love it. You look so good. This is the first time I'm seeing it over video because I've only seen the pictures. I have, there's a black background behind me, so I probably just look like a floating white face, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, and you cut your, it looks so good you cut your hair too yes we are doing all the hair <laughs> transformations on this podcast lately Allison went completely brunette I cut my hair 
I love it too. I feel like we just needed a fresh, a mix up. Exactly. And you did great with the episode last week. Thank you for taking the lead on that. Thanks. Yeah. Hope was awesome. Again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode with Hope Levine, definitely go check it out for all things bridal fashion. It was so fun chatting with her. So, but I'm glad to be back. We're back. Yeah. Any other updates? You dyed your hair, which is crazy. How's the store going? Anything exciting with the holidays? Um, I'll be open at Thursday for the next seven days leading right up to the 22nd. So I have a power week left and then I'm going to be closed for a little bit. So just looking forward to the rejuvenation time after all that and just to be able to spend time with my family without being like, okay, I got to get back and like open tomorrow morning or something. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah. I think that's much deserved for you and all the hard work you put in with that for sure. Thanks. Updates here. Maybe we should have just skipped the updates part because I have been so boring the last <laughs> week. I've just been hanging out at home trying to decorate my house because I'm also kind of taking like a little break right now, like not doing any traveling. So I'm trying to make my home really, really feel like home. I've ordered a lot of stuff for those sales, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I'm just like slowly piecing together everything, trying to get rid of a lot of stuff too. I just, we're just doing a lot of detoxing, like going through the basement, getting rid of so much stuff, getting rid of stuff in my closet that I don't wear. Haven't really bought any new clothes. I'm feeling like I want to buy some new things, but I just have so much stuff already too. I don't know. I think that's like a whole nother thing we can talk about on the podcast someday is like how we always just feel like we need more stuff when you really don't. Well, I don't need more clothes. But yeah, anyways, that's what I've been up to. Just shopping for home stuff. Bought a little couch for our sunroom, which comes in a couple weeks. I'm very excited because I've had this sunroom in my house for like eight months that I haven't touched because I just have been gone. So yeah, excited to make that very vibey and fun. So that's what I've been up to. It is crazy how long it takes to decorate your space. I feel like we get so excited like, okay, I'm moving to this new place. Like I'm going to have this all done in like a month. And then you're like, oh my God, I have been here for six months now and hardly mm-hmm. made a dent. Like It'll be two years in March since we've had our space. And I finally feel like I'm kind of getting it how I want it. But we still have rooms that I like haven't, like you said, haven't touched your sunroom. Like our guest bedroom is literally yeah. a closet. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's expensive too. Like just going in on that couch and I got some blinds. Like I had to buy blinds for upstairs. I just had like these temporary cheap ones that you buy at Lowe's. And that was so expensive. Like why are blinds? I literally dropped $1,500 on blinds. It's ridiculous. That is absurd. And that was on sale. That is so rude. (laughs) I need to go in the blinds business. (laughs) Because already blinds go. (laughs) Before did you have like the... Oh, like metally ones and now you got like the slatted wood ones. Yeah. Nice. So I, got, I bought slatted wood ones downstairs, but just didn't do the upstairs because I'm like, $1,500. This is so expensive. I'd rather have the downstairs done. And so upstairs has been, the sunroom has the curtains that the people at the old house still use. That's so kind of gross. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. So we still have their curtains. And then, yeah, just the paper ones that you have to clip with like little plastic clips. I've just been using that for almost a year now. But we splurged. We did a firm. <laughs> I said, charge me monthly. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is crazy though. Like you get to be an adult and you're like, okay, do I want new clothes or are we going to get a new light fixture for the living room? Like, it's just I know. crazy. And I want to read. so depressing. I want to redo our bathroom <laughs> so bad. I mean, you've seen it. Okay, you guys, our mm-hmm. bathroom, it's like straight out of uh, probably the 70s era. The tile is like blue and yellow check box things. And the tile goes floor to ceiling. The whole floor, the entire wall is <laughs> floor to the ceiling. Our bathtub is blue. Our sink is blue. 
<laughs> it's just not, it's not the vibe. It's a vibe for someone, yes. but yeah, I don't know. I think it's almost so much not the vibe that I want that I'm like pretending that it is. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's so cute. It's like so vintage to have a blue sink. <laughs> no, it's like, it bothers you so much. I just don't go to the bathroom. I just don't pee at my house. I go across the street. I don't spend a lot of time <laughs> in there. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> but it's like to redo that. Oh my God. It costs so much money. How how does that work with renting? Can you redo a bathroom? I bet they would like that, honestly. That's an upgrade for them. So precisely. It's funny because in our contract, it says you can't even like mount a TV or paint a wall. And I'm like, <laughs> we've literally updated oh everything in there. Like the sunroom mm-hmm. alone, we like plastered the walls, put in new windows. Uh, what do you call it? Where you make it oh, wow. drywall. So it's not just cold. We in- Oh, insulated it. And then they came and saw it, said nothing. Because I'm like, if you guys have any complaints, we took this from being a shithole to really nice. So there's no, and we didn't ask yeah. for any reimbursement. So there's no way they're going to complain. Like if they showed up after we moved out and it had a brand new bathroom, you're going to tell me they're going to charge us for that? <laughs> No, and you have good taste. Like, it would be a very nice upgrade. Exactly. Which I think that's a whole nother topic, but I think people yeah. re- don't think that they can do much with rentals. Like my mom, her old rental house, it was like a color she didn't want. She wanted to paint it white. And she was like, do I ask? Do I not? You know, you're trying to decide if you should mm-hmm. do it and beg for forgiveness or just go for it. And then the landlord was like, yeah, actually, if you paint it, I'll actually pay you to paint it. I'll pay, pay for all the supplies and everything. My mom, my mom was like, okay, win-win. So Clay and I have been debating. Mm-hmm. We're like, maybe we should just ask because <laughs> then yeah see it. if there's like any reimbursement yeah oh yeah that's a good idea we should totally do an episode on home house decorating and house that oh your home God. things that is like i don't know if it's getting to your mid to late 20s if that home stuff just gets more exciting but that is like my bread and butter lately still love clothes always mm-hmm. will but i could just do home stuff all day long yeah and when you like your house you don't feel the need to leave and do things all the time so now that i'm home more i'm like oh i don't love my house <laughs> i gotta fix this like i don't i mean i love my downstairs i guess see if i'm like rolling my ass I'm like i guess no it's still everything needs to there's still room to improve but we're getting there yeah again that's where Sunday, I'm at. I will come visit. I have a little home decor day weekend. Yeah, wait, actually, I'll beg you. <laughs> I'll buy your plane ticket. Let's go. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Okay, fun. Okay, anything else exciting in your neck of the woods or no? No, mine's pretty much been the same. I kind of, I haven't really been posting no. Instagram stories the last week and just been doing things in real life. I'm like, wow. What? What? <laughs> what? what a crazy concept. <laughs> Living in the moment. Huh, what a thought. <laughs> <laughs> like we had could never just we kidding. had Clay's um, family Christmas on Saturday like an early one because his brother that lives in Seattle flew into town and they like never really come back because he's in residency and it's really hard for him to get time off so yeah all four of the brothers were back in Omaha at the same time just super rare so we had like his grandparents mm-hmm. and we did a whole when we opened presents and everything it was very weird because I'm like oh my god it's like December 9th but we're we're doing Christmas we're doing it we're doing the thing and so we were up <laughs> super late all weekend and Sunday Clay and I literally just talked on the couch ate hero and talked about life 
for like 10 hours. Not much to report. (laughs) That's a good segue, maybe even into today's topic of just like reflecting on the year. I feel like December and January, you need to set aside time to just like sit and reflect and talk through everything because it's going to set the tone for your year. And I'm so grateful that I saved space, even an hour or two talking to people who are smarter than me and more successful than me last December so that I could move into the year kind of with a plan. So that's good. That was probably much needed. It is. Before that, let's read our peaks of the year and your guys' peaks of the year. All right. I'll I'll start. But my peak of the year is not just like one thing because it's so encompassing, mm-hmm. but I feel like it was just starting my like personal awake, which kind of goes everything into eating more plant-based, doing yoga, getting more into astrology, stepping away from relationships that weren't serving me, meditating actually sleeping. And I don't really know how to say that one of those was any one peak because it's more something that's compounded day by day, but I've never lived my life in the way that I have the last year. It's made a huge difference. So I don't know. I would just say that that was my biggest, best part. I'm excited to see how that continues. Was that something you wanted to achieve this year or did you kind of just fall into it? No, this is what Clay and I talk about it all the time because we're both like going through our same spiritual way. I'm probably like six, nine months ahead of him. So it's like, I'll be telling him something and tripping out and he like won't understand that. And then three months later, he'll be like, oh my God, that thing you were talking about. And so It's just such a weird experience because it can feel really lonely and not having someone to be on your exact level about that. And it's just a deep, there are a lot of deep conversations. Jordan and I, okay, I had a lot of Hero this weekend. Jordan and I went to Hero on Friday night too for literally four hours. Oh, Hero Sushi? Yeah. It's like, okay, okay. I was like, what? What's Hero? Wait, gotcha. I always forget that Hero's a local Omaha restaurant because it's so legit. It seems like it would be a chain. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a... I thought you were saying euros. It's <laughs> like, what vegan is eating euros? Like, G-Y-R-O. Oh my gosh, sorry. Yeah, euros. <laughs> it's like, um, they have like pad thai and stuff like that too. Okay, okay. So Jordan and okay, I were there cool. for literally four hours just talking. The things we're talking about, we were like, if people only had a fly on the wall perspective to this, it would be a lot. And then we're like, thank not God know. for each other because we... <laughs> I would be thinking I was crazy without her most of the time. Anyway, (laughs) what is your peak of the year? (laughs) Well, that's exciting. I am excited to learn more from you about that. And just, I love following people who post and talk about their spiritual journeys. Like Wake Up With Wesley, the podcast. Mm -hmm. Really love listening to her talk about that. So maybe that's something I'll fall into as well. But my peak of the year... I wrote down accomplishing eight out of nine of my 2021 goals. Um, So I was exciting. I'm like, wow, it's crazy when you write stuff down and you constantly look at it and you're actually thinking about it, what you'll accomplish. The one that I didn't accomplish was post on YouTube weekly. RIP. I posted (laughs) like once this year. (laughs) But we'll we'll get them next year. You can just... It's hard. Right onto the 2022 list. Yeah. It's funny. I literally forgot that about that goal. Well, I didn't forget about it, but there were just other things that I realized kind of got more important. Like I didn't have a plan or a strategy with that. So just like writing that down was just kind of vague and weird. But I went to my YouTube channel and it literally says like, Kara Kirkpatrick, new videos every Sunday. And I'm like, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a bold face lie. <laughs> that is a bold lie. And even the last video post, was it a Sunday? I'm not sure. But <laughs> no, everything else that was really exciting and We'll, we'll talk about it more when we do our 2022 goals episode and kind of run through what was accomplished. But yeah, 
That was a peak of the year. Very proud really of you. good about that one. Yeah, I'm definitely oh, looking thanks. forward to our review episode because already right now I'm like, yes. wait, I want to know what your eight, eight achievements were. But I will be patient. We'll talk about yeah. it in a month. We figured we could talk about that for so long that we wouldn't even get into like the actual today's topic. So we'll save that for a whole nother episode. So stay tuned. And okay, let's read your guys' yes. kids of the year. Oh my God, you guys showed up for this. Like, I'm so proud of you guys. I'm like having an adult mom moment where I'm like, kids are growing up. <laughs> the kids are growing up. And thanks for sharing <sighs> these with us. It's so nice to be able to celebrate with you guys and be your little hype woman's through your ears. I know. I've that's, that's our favorite. I feel like I've seen so many people glow up this year. Just, mm-hmm. it's cute getting like different peaks of the week and watching people's evolution in their own goals. It's like, it's amazing. Okay. There's so many. Where do we even start? Okay. You do one. Maybe instead of talking about each of them, we can just kind of like rapid fire them. Rapid fire. I agree. We want to get as many as we can. Okay. Casey said, getting engaged to the love of my life. Congrats. It's so exciting. Josie said, finally had the best summer ever. Nikki, meeting my boyfriend in Hawaii and moving there in two weeks, starting 2022 off in paradise. Instant jealousy. Wow. You go, girl. That sounds awesome. Congrats. I just got to say they're so cute. Okay, okay. (laughs) Um, Amy said, completing 75 hard, hardest but most rewarding thing I've ever done for myself. Mm -hmm. Kendall said, I bought my first house and now we live together and it's the happiest thing ever. Aw, same. Congrats. That's awesome. Cassie said, learning my worth, how to set healthy boundaries and so much growth. Kristen said, quitting my teaching job that caused so much more anxiety than I ever realized. You're a trooper. Glad you did what you know was right for you. Excited for 2022 for you. Maddie said, hitting my salary goal at my 100% commission job. That's oh crazy. Gosh. 100% commission. That is awesome. And I'll read one more. Heart Collective said, graduated college and launched my small business. Congratulations. We love seeing you flourish and can't wait for you to continue growing. And then last one I want to end on. Anna said, and obviously getting into walking and podcasts like finding already friends. Oh, so nice. Nice. We love a good walk. Thank you guys for sending these in. Can't wait to see how you keep working on these goals and personal growth journeys. Great job on a year that was not easy to do all that. Yeah. And you guys are just going to keep leveling up from these and it's only going to get better and better. So excited for more of that. Okay. And today's topic, 21 (laughs) things we learned in 2021. We, I feel like I learned a lot. Did you learn a lot? Yes. This is one of those things where when I went to write down them, I was like, what did I learn? Like, it was hard to come up with like the first yeah. two. And then I was like, oh my God, I have a hundred. How do I even keep it to 10? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once I got started, it was getting started was mm-hmm. really hard. But then once the ball started rolling, I'm like, oh, this and then this. And then this taught me this. And it just kind of went from there. So. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Okay, well, first we want to start well, off with the thing that the, because Kara's going to do 10, I'm going to do 10, and then the podcast can do one. Do one together. Do one together. Okay, so I think without further ado, let's get into it. Do you want to go first, Allison? Yes. I'm starting with kicking myself down a little bit, but in a good way. <laughs> um, <laughs> the first lesson that I learned is that life will just continue to humble you all the time, no matter how much you think you learn, no matter how much growth you have and how old you get, life will just knock you down sometimes. And as I say, you know, it's how you deal with those humblings that make you into who you are. But I think a huge lesson I learned from that is I don't always need to share my opinion. Like it's okay to just 
hear someone and not agree with it and not validate that or like not, you know, agree back to them, but just keep quiet and just listen. And that was always something that was really hard for me in life. Like I always just wanted to like get my two cents in or like have the reply being like, it's okay. I don't always have to respond and have my opinion in. And that was a big change for me this year. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Conserve your energy. You know, you don't always have to react and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Not every conversation is worth getting emotionally invested in. Mm-hmm. That would be exhausting. Yeah. How about you? That's great. What's going to well, take it away? I, I have one <laughs> similar that is kind of shitting on myself too. So I will start with that one. That is a great place to start. Um, a lesson I learned this year is it is so much better to own up to your mistakes than to blame it on other people, other factors. I just feel like as we all do, we messed up sometimes this year. And in the past, I just kind of kind of want to blame it on other things or toss the blame because that's what feels good. It doesn't feel good to be like, oh, no, I royally effed up. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. This is definitely my fault. But people will just, will just respect you so much more if you just admit that it's your fault. Like, even when I was kind of realizing that I learned this year, the people that I didn't like at my old job did something wrong and then blamed it on me or blamed it on someone else. And I didn't like them and I had no respect for them. And that's the only reason I don't like those people. <laughs> like there was yeah. nothing else they ever did other than messed up and blamed it on someone else. So I don't know. I think just in times where I failed this year, I tried to just own up to it instead of blaming it on other people. Just because... Like I said, you'll just get a lot more respect and it allows you to move forward on a clean slate instead of, I don't even know, like even kind of living in a lie because you're almost kind of even lying to yourself if you really believe that things that you did wrong are other people's faults. That makes sense. Yeah, I love that. And I think that goes for big and small things. Even say you're running late and being like, oh, there was traffic. It's like, no, literally, I'm just late. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, you should be honest with yourself. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Like we all do that all the time. We just kind of like, Oh my God, not everyone. I feel <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, uh, me. <laughs> Same. Was definitely late to brunch on Sunday. And I was like, oh, that was just yep, me. Just me. <laughs> not blame that on other things. <laughs> but yeah, that was less I learned. Okay, back to you. Okay. Uh, this one is going right off of the statement that I just said. This is a huge part of the conversation Clay and I were having on Sunday. And I don't know how I didn't, concept this prior to this week. I mean, like I knew it, but I wasn't practicing actually doing this. So there's a huge difference between making a statement that like you're talking about your experience to someone and talking at someone. And I would really like to own up to that over the last, like, I don't even know, however many years of my life, especially having any sort of following and with the podcast, like, yes, the medium is that you're like talking to people, like people are on the other end. But this goes also into real life too. But think of how it's received when someone says, you should go do this, go check that out, go try this. Instead of just being like, I did this and this worked well for me or lately I've been loving. Mm -hmm. This is what's been working for me. You know what I mean? And how that's perceived because the second someone tells me a perfect example is last night, I was deciding if I should go to yoga class and I was 99% going to go, but I was like kind of running late and Claire was like, just go, you're going to feel better. And it was, and I was like, dude, we just (laughs) talked about this. And I was like, just to say, (laughs) if I were you, I would go. (laughs) 
<laughs> or like, oh, imagine how much better you would feel if you went. You know, like it just the narrative. I always feel so much better after I go. Yeah. yeah. But I realize like even listening back to like podcast episodes or like captions I put or anything, the difference of saying like, go try this, go do that. And just saying like, this is my favorite spot. People, I feel like receive it better. And then they're like, okay, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. I will go check it out. And that way, if it's not for them, they don't have to go try it out. They don't feel like it's being shoved in your face. And so this is kind of, since I um, literally learned this uh, 48 hours ago, this is probably going <laughs> to be one of my 2022 <laughs> goals is just trying to change the tone or like the angle of how I say stuff. Because I'm not even like, my intention isn't trying to be like, go check it out. And if you don't, like, screw you. I just feel like it's easier to have that lingo and I want to get way better at it not coming off that way. I'm just talking more with. Yeah. And that's so right. They literally mean the same thing, Mm -hmm. but people can perceive it so much different. I hear it immediately when you say it. I've never really realized that. So that's a great lesson to learn. I'm glad you shared that. I'm sure that's something I can do better too. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like it's in anything. Social media, your job, if you are a boss mm-hmm. to someone, like, you should go do this. Or like, hey, these are the things that I would like to have done today. And it kind of goes back to, you know, when you're in an argument with someone, you know how we always talk about making I statements instead of you statements? It's basically mm-hmm. making I recommendations instead of you recommendations. No, that was the first thing I thought of, too. I'm like, oh, the parallel there. That makes so much sense. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Gotta love that college class I, that Connor took. People in relationships. That was like the first thing they taught. That makes sense that that's where he learned it because my mom taught me that when I was really young, but she teaches like foundational education at college. Mm-hmm. Super. Full yeah. Circle. Okay. No, for sure. That was a long one, but. <laughs> I liked that a lot. That was a really good one. Okay. Another lesson that I learned this year is nobody's mad at you. If they are, they'll tell you. It's their job to tell you if they're mad at you. So it's not your job to be concerned that everyone's mad at you. Because this happened to me this year. I had a friend who I texted back to back maybe three times and they just never responded. And I went into a full on spiral like, oh my God, (laughs) she hates me. She's so mad at me. I texted her three times. She didn't respond. And then I literally saw her recently like because we met up for lunch and she like reached out to you lunch. And I was like, I literally thought you hated me. She's like, what? No, I'm just a terrible texter. And I'm like, oh my God, like that, that is so dumb that I like did that because it's just anxiety. It's unnecessary anxiety. And I feel like it's totally been fueled by this pandemic and just not seeing these people as much. Like you're not necessarily inclined to seeing these people as much as maybe you did before the pandemic. And so then we're all just left to question like, oh, if I'm not running into these people as much. Like they must hate do they me. Hate me? There's like, they must hate me. There's like less social check-ins. So I saw that quote on a video on TikTok and I'm like, wow, I'm taking this advice. And it was true. So don't ever think that someone's mad at you. And if they are, that is 100% their job to tell you that they're mad at you. I do think that's very important for you because you're just a soft little Kara inside. And I feel like (laughs) even you always think I'm mad at you if I don't have like four emojis. I'm like, no. I know. I'm just doing that's, something. A, that's why I love our voice memos. Oh, and I was actually, I was listening to another TikTok uh, on a podcast, a TikToker on a podcast saying that exact same thing. Um, the Bunny Barbie, she was on a radio show and she co-parents these children that were from the divorced mom that she, like she's married to this guy and her or his ex, they like co-parent and they only send voice memos or do calls because things can just come off like mm. so rude. Like, oh, do you want to see the kids for Christmas? Like they would love that. If you sent that as a text, like it might sound like they would love like, I don't know, really flat. (laughs) Yeah, they would love that. But she's like, no, like I genuinely want them to, you know, to see their kids. So 
maybe that's why I think I love voice memos and calls because then you can hear the inflection that no one's mad. It's all good. But maybe if you're reading a text and you think, oh my God, this sounds so harsh or rude, maybe take a step back and be like, it's literally just words. That's your own interpretation. And that's your confirmation bias. You thinking that. Okay. Um, this one, I'm not going, this isn't political and I don't know how to not, it's not going to be political. So no one take it politically, but I can't acknowledge this one without acknowledging COVID-19. So we, I turned 26, October, 2020. So obviously pandemic started firing up in March. And that's when I was still like just starting new wave, stressed, drinking all the time, running myself into the ground, like going out, traveling, like plate full as could possibly be. And then I started uh, sober September, that September, because I was like, oh my God, suddenly I'm not going to be on health insurance. And it was, that's, that was the pivotal catalyst to my entire like spiritual awakening health journey, because I realized for the first time that if I got sick, it fell on me. Like I was going to have to pay for it. I was, I don't have health insurance. So if I get sick, like that's not going to be a good situation. And now I'm 27 in a couple months. So this has been like what, 15 months probably. And even way back then, this isn't even pertinent to just COVID-19, but in any sickness out there in the world, like of course the illness is going to go after immune compromised people, right? You know, we can all probably agree on that. And I kind of had this inkling way back, like, okay, the people that are probably most likely to get COVID are going to be immune compromised people. And then over and over, you know, they said that. And even right now on the CDC's website, the two main causes of COVID are obesity and fear and anxiety. So it it was this spark of like, it doesn't just matter to get my physical health in order. Like that's all great and shiny. If I can go run 10 miles and eat all of my greens, but if I don't keep my head grounded during all of this, like that's also going to make me sick. Like being mentally ill and physically ill are equally, you know, as deteriorating to your health. So that's kind of the whole catalyst for like why I started getting all spiritual and healthy and doing stuff like that. And the lesson that I learned in that is like your health is just so much your own thing. Like no one is going to eat food for you. No one's going to go for the walk for you. No one's going to check in with yourself and do the journaling. No one's going to sleep eight hours for you. No one's going to take a good deep shower to cleanse your self. No one's going to go to yoga class for you. Whatever it is that like makes you feel good, mind, body, spirit, no one can really do that for you. People can support you and encourage you. At the end of the day, you just have to do it for yourself. And I feel, I guess, empowered in a way this year that I never have in my life of just like, wow, I'm really, really proud of myself for doing that because it was not easy. Like not drinking for the last six months hasn't been easy. Making, uh, you know, not eating French fries and ice cream all the time. Like I used to not have a good diet. Like if you knew, (laughs) my diet was probably my worst thing. It's not that I really ate too much. I would just eat horrible and my bio literally used to say, like, I'll sleep when I'm dead or something like that. Like, I just, <laughs> I had the, like, I kind of looked healthy, but like, I wasn't healthy. And that was just a huge thing that I've taken into my own hands. And it feels really good to be more in tune with my body. And I have not gotten slightly sick in a year and a half, like nothing, not a smidge of the flu, not a sinus infection, nothing. And I used to, you know, as most people do, you just kind of get run down. And that also is because I'm learning, this is probably a different one, to take breaks when I need them, which was also not something I did. Anyway, long-winded thing, but it was a huge part of my year and I can't not attribute that to the world ending. Wow. 
yeah, we always talk about mental health, but it's like, I feel like in the mental health public sphere, we talk about recognizing it and like how to treat it, but we haven't really gotten to that hoop of like preventing it and what we need to do to actively make sure that we don't get to that point. Because every factor right now in the world, like the rise of social media, our phones being addictive, like Mm -hmm. everything's moving to online. Like my work's online. I used to go to an office. I don't go to an office anymore. I'm remote. Like everything is just pushing us closer and closer to all having those mental health issues. So I would love to see more talks about how we can just prevent it. And just, yeah, I love that you really focused on that because it's a whole circle. Your health is not just your physical health. It is also your mental and spiritual health. And there's so many factors to that. Totally. And think of with your mental, like how you just said the text. You thought she was mad and then your mind started spiraling. Like your body didn't really start spiraling. Your mind spirals. So it's like if you start tripping and you kind of go down an anxiety loophole of whatever it is, my brain is insane. It just will do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, that was a good one. Thanks for sharing. That was a really, (laughs) I'm sure that, yeah, that can inspire a lot of people to take their health all the areas of their health into their own hands, for sure. And slight disclaimer, I understand there are, I know that if I break my leg, I cannot take my health into my own hands. I'm not saying oh, right. that like, I know. everything isn't, but there is a lot that I, I can control, what food goes in my body, how much sleep I'm right. getting, what I'm doing on the daily. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Of course there <laughs> For sure. Uh, that's a good preface. Of course, there are other things that we cannot control. There's horrible things that happen all the yeah, time. if I get in a car crash, I'm not going to journal my way out of that. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to take vitamins <laughs> to treat that. I know. Ugh. Okay, yeah. anyway, sorry. <laughs> I think I'll do the next one, which you've brought up, and I would love to hear where you're at with this as well. But something I've learned this year is the power of saying no. And I think that's just something you learn in like your mid-20s, late-20s. That is just something that comes because I feel like in college, you just say yes to everything and you're friends with everyone. You do everything because you kind of have less on your plate, even though you're literally in school studying. You really do, don't have as many adult responsibilities or things that you have to do. But once you get older, there's just like more things that come your way as well as more responsibilities that you have to you have. And you just have to learn to say no. But saying no in the way that gets you to say yes to where you want to be. So where the instances where I'm saying no lately and this year are saying no to opportunities or jobs that used to serve me or that used to be my career goals. A really big part of that is like photo and video gigs for weddings. I've had to say no to so many people that I just love and adore, like friends and like friends of friends and family members that want me to do things for them. But I'm like, that just doesn't align with my goals. Like one of my goals last year was to land a huge commercial client. And I did that. And I'm like, wow, like these commercial clients pay 10 times over what one wedding video pays. And that's almost the same amount of work. So it's like setting your goals for the year and knowing the power of saying no to the things that are like distracting you from what you're trying to achieve is kind of what I'm trying to say with all of that. Totally. And I think that took some reflection of you being like, that did used to be my goal and that's okay. And mm-hmm. I like, I still do like those things, but I, I can't do it all the time. I can't do it all. Yeah. And not being scared that saying no is going to lead to nothing. I feel like you have to have faith in yourself and confidence that more things are going to come and like the, you know, living an abundant life and just like feeling confident that other opportunities are going to come because saying no to things that you don't want to do. It's like, oh shit, well, maybe that's what I'll get paid this month or like 
then maybe that's my only income the next couple months. But saying no with the confidence and with the actual you doing other things to lead you to the yeses that you want to hear and the opportunities that you want to receive. Proud of you. I know that that was Thank not you. easy for you. <laughs> I know. She's a yes, yes softy self. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a yes woman. So bad. Yeah. Okay. What's yours? Okay. This one is, I thought all of my problems would be eliminated if I stopped drinking. It's like, oh, my anxiety from hangovers will go away. I'll get better sleep. My skin will clear up. I'll never spend money that I don't want to have spent. I'll never have conversations that accidentally got taken too far between both parties. I'll never argue with Clay. And yes, a lot of that is true and it has helped. And my life is certainly much better since I eliminated alcohol. However, it doesn't solve all the problems. There are certain, all I feel like, let's say here's my body and there's this whole cloud around me, which was like being under the influence, say. And I feel like that same cloud could be applied, whether that's someone dissociating, getting high, overworking themselves, like whatever detachment method that someone might do when you move the fog, then you can just see your problems. Problems are always there. (laughs) Now you can just see Mm -hmm. them. And it's great to now understand what shadow work I need to do to try to heal and fix those things and make the changes. But I didn't know that there was so much after the clouds, uh, the the clouds (laughs) were parting. So that was just kind of like a a rude awakening, I guess. And it's funny because I did post some TikTok relating to this. And one guy just said it way more crass. And he goes like, yeah, lo and behold, all your shit is still there. Just because you stopped drinking doesn't mean it went away. So yeah, that's probably also what I'm going to be working through the next year is like, okay, great. Stop drinking. Now let, let's deal with the stuff. Mm-hmm. And no one talks about that side of sobriety. It's just like, oh, this is great. I wake up early. Everything's <laughs> dandy. Like, no, there's a lot of shit I have to deal with now because I can see it. <laughs> yeah. I moved the curtain. <laughs> All the stuff is still behind yeah. it. Well, I'm proud of you. Yeah, that was a huge step. Oh my gosh. And that, like you said, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm never, ever drinking again, but I am going for one full year and we'll see. That's that awesome. Point. That will be in June. I'm happy there. Oh my gosh. Time flies. Is that a lesson? Oh my God. Yeah. All right. You're up. Okay. Something I learned this year, which I feel like we all know, but I think this year really, I totally noticed it. it was just the power of affirmations and writing down your affirmations every day. People aren't lying, guys. Like the people that say this stuff works, it is so true. And I've just listened to so many podcasts about this. And one podcast I was listening to was the Lewis Howes podcast. And I cannot remember who this was. I will link in the show notes who this was or what this episode was. But he had on a guy who said, that for 90 days, you should write down, I love my multiple streams of income. If that's something you want to accomplish, and if you are wanting to have more than just your salary or your job income, you should write down every single day, I love my multiple streams of income for 90 days and just see what happens. So that was something I did earlier this year. And lo and behold, I have like six streams of income now. I think it's just like when you truly are putting something at the forefront of your brain, you're going to actively think every single day, like, how can I move closer to this? And how can I make this a reality? So now instead of just making money from producing, I have TikTok and Instagram brand deals. I have licensing from videos that I make. If if brands or companies want to use my video for ads, I get revenue off that. Like, the creator fund. I sell digital products. I have my photo and video gigs that I still do. I do social media management. Like I've literally moved from just one thing that was kind of unstable during 2020. Maybe that's kind of even why 
in the back of my head, I wanted to think of other ways to make more money because we couldn't do video shoots at some at one point because everything was shut down into more things. So affirmations are real. Try that out if you want more streams of income. Write it down for 90 days, see what happens. But yeah. That's great. I If you weren't going to say the, that's probably what 2020 taught you part. That's exactly what I was going to say is the need to diversify your mm-hmm. incomes because you never know what can happen. Yeah. Especially incomes that are past what you can physically do in 24 hours. Like that's... Because even this list, some of those things are jobs that I can't be doing at the same time. In the next year, I definitely want to add more things on there that can be working while I'm sleeping because... Passive income, baby. Let's do it. Let's learn more. (laughs) So we'll see. Awesome. All right. I guess this one's more of a reminder rather than a lesson, but just the importance of continuing to try new things, even if you're afraid of them, go for it, going for it anyway. And by putting myself out there by and doing the things that I feel like I'm aligned with or that I want to do or those risks I want to take or whatever, the universe will send me people back that are in line with that. So many of the people that, so many people that I met this year, I've gotten to know, I would never have if I hadn't put myself out there and tried different things. It's kind of like if you're having a conversation where it's like one person, it's like, well, I'm not going to say it unless he says it. I'm going to, you know, and then you kind of keep tiptoeing and then you finally talk about it. I feel like it's kind of similar to that. You try it, then someone's like, hey, I kind of like that too. And I feel like I'm being, I cannot talk. (laughs) I feel like I'm finding more people that get me and Mm -hmm. on a deeper level. I feel like most of my college, oh my God, do I need to redo this entire section? I cannot talk. I feel like most of my college relationships were very superficial. Like it was fun. We went out, we'd get coffee, we'd hang out, but there wasn't that deep, deep soul connection. Mm -hmm. Any quick tips for how to find those people? What you've been doing? Definitely doing things alone. So going to all the yoga classes alone. Met a lot of people through that. With New Wave, if I had someone working the store or like another salesperson with me, we'd probably be talking to each other less than me to the customers and getting to know them. Uh, even just this podcast, the people that we've connected, like say Liza and Megan Hummy, like we would never have probably met them and gotten to sit down with them if we wouldn't have started the podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not being afraid. What's the worst that can happen, right? You go somewhere by yourself, no one talks to you. Was it really that bad? Oh, but there's so much more. Yes, thank you for just saying that. That was the last line of this bullet was, in turn, if you do make these changes, some people might not accept that, especially people that have always known you and you might be changing. They're like, ah, I don't like that she's into that now or does this, this and that. And that might not mean that they don't, they're never going to accept you. It might take someone else time. I don't, I can't even really give an example, but like, let's let's keep it light with yoga. Let's say you start getting into yoga. My friend is like, you were never into yoga before, but you had a lot of time to decide to get into yoga. You started thinking about it. Maybe you started following accounts. Maybe you slowly started dabbling at home in your apartment. Then you go to class. That person doesn't know that you've slowly been getting into that, like behind the scenes. So for them, it might just be like, oh, you're changing. You're suddenly into that. Well, give them time and they might come around to it. Like me and my sister have kind of had that back and forth where maybe we haven't been into each some of each other's things, but then give it a few months, give it time. And we're like, oh, okay, I see you. I get that for you now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but. No, I love it. That makes sense for sure. One thing that I learned this year is that no one actually knows what they're doing. We're always kind of faking it until we make it. So I think it's kind of is going back to everything we always say on the podcast. Like whatever you want to do, 
do it because there's not that many more people that are more qualified than you doing those things already. I think we just always think that people are way more qualified than us. Even in some of the goals that I want to do next year, I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Like I need like 10 years of experience. I need like five more years of experience. But it's like, I feel like even those people, do they really actually know any much more than what they're doing that I do? So there's something out there that you want to do. Just fake it till you make it. I feel like that's the secret to success in life, honestly. Couldn't agree more. And like every successful person, low key, it's like a shit show behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like if that's just life. It's messy. It gets chaotic. It's not always going to be perfect. And that's okay. Yeah. Love it. All right. All you. I'll do a quick one too. Uh, that I had the grit to finish 75 hard. It was very hard. And <laughs> I'm glad I did it. The name is right. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think it was just so good for setting me up for success success later, which a few other examples that could kind of play into this, like if you were to run a marathon or graduate college or take a solo trip or climb a mountain, if you do those things once, you're like, okay, I'm capable. I did that. Go me. And then going forward, you're like, oh, I could probably run two miles today because I ran a whole marathon that one time. So what's two miles? Or, oh, I went on a solo trip to Europe. I can probably go to the nearby city for a few hours by myself. It just gives you that empowerment that you've already done something that's way bigger. So of course you can keep doing little small things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard a, someone on a podcast said something just along those lines, like these like crazy physical challenges that people do like 75 hard or like Iron Man. It's truly one of the strongest ways to make yourself realize that you can do hard things. It's like, after you do that, what is calling someone that's on your sales list that like you really don't want to do, but it's like, I climbed a building or like <laughs> yeah. I, I did like a hundred floors of stair step or I don't know. It's just like, yeah, those are really good for making your brain realize that you can seriously do, do hard things. Yeah. It's not like you need to do that every single day. Mm -mm. but you can sprinkle those in throughout the year or whatever to be like, yeah, I'm a badass. I can do this. Let's keep going. Just another reason I need to do 75 hard, but (laughs) hey, don't do it if you don't want to. Time will come. Yeah. Okay, I'll do another quick one, um, which I kind of already said at the beginning of the podcast, but because it was on my mind and I had on this outline. But something I learned this year is that we already have everything we need. I just feel like with social media and the constant comparison, we always think we need like the newest outfit, like the newest hot coat, the newest craze. And one of the best compliments or feedback we got on the podcast was from our episode with Brady about money. And I think Allison, you said something like, you just know that that person like can't afford that bag. And maybe you don't know, but like just a heads up, like a lot of people probably can't afford a lot of things that they're buying and they're just buying it to impress people. And someone literally messaged us. They're like, wow, like that really made me feel good because lately I just feel like I just want so much and I can't afford it. And I just feel like this year I've just bought a lot of less things, like bought less new clothes. And like, has my happiness changed at all? No, I don't feel like less happy because I don't have as much stuff. I don't know. I feel like I'm just becoming less cluttered because we already have what we need. Totally. That kind of goes into the next one I was saying. So I'll just let it roll with that. Is that you will not find happiness from the output. You will find happiness from the process. And so Mm -hmm. that can be applied to literally anything, whether it's your work, creativity, a goal. Like if your goal is to run a marathon, if your goal is to, I don't know why I always use run a marathon. I think it's just an easy one that most people are like, that sounds terrible. But if you don't enjoy the whole process, 
say planning a wedding, like we had hope on last week. The wedding itself is like the tiniest fraction of the whole experience. So you have to find joy and satisfaction from the process, no matter what it is, Mm -hmm. because the output is so tiny and that happiness is very, very fleeting. And once you finish that, then you're just going to want the next thing. Like, oh, that ad popped up on Instagram. I'm just going to buy that. And you, the process, you just didn't even think about whether you might already have something like that, where you're going to wear it. Why are you buying it? That doesn't mean you can't buy things. But if you think about, oh, maybe I want to get a bunch of new comfies because now I'm working from home and that's going to make me be more productive at home. And that's going to make me feel better in my own skin rather than just buying something because you were instantly influenced and just quickly put in your Apple Mm -hmm. Pay. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. That's definitely really for sure. Okay. Another rapid fire one I will do. We say this a lot, but your network is your net worth. Another thing that I realized this year, and this has like totally come full circle for me, is that it not only goes with networking, like, okay, yeah, the people that you know will get you a job. I mean, I think that's not 100% true, but if you know people at a company, you're 20 times more likely to get hired at that company. I just looked this up because I posted something similar on TikTok and someone was like, that's not true. I'm like, literally who you know (laughs) directly influences like the opportunities that come to you and all that stuff. So I didn't respond to the person. I'm like, I don't have time for this. But also relates to the people in your network, like influence the person that you become. So I was just hearing someone talk about how the average of the five people that you spend the most time with is what you are. So that's like your energy input. Like that is your salary. Like your salary is literally the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So just for next year, if you want to make more money, you got to hang out with people who make more money. If you want to accomplish more things, you have to hang out with people who are like doing big things. If you want to travel more, hang out with people that travel more. Yes. If you want oh to have gosh, kids, absolutely. hang out with people who are already parents. Already Learn from them. Yeah. So yeah, your network is your net worth has a lot of meetings. So all of that is what I've learned this year. It's a good one. How many have we done? I'm like, <laughs> um, I think we have three more each. each. Okay. All right. My next one is that particularly as you get older and for most people, there's not going to be a convenient time to travel or take breaks. As you were saying earlier, you have more responsibilities, you end up getting more tied down and it's kind of just up to you to recognize when you need that break. And something I have learned with that is I used to just work, work, work until I needed to travel so that I could use travel as the escape to take a break. So then in that way, the only time I was getting a break was if I was traveling. Well, I love traveling, but it's not a break for me usually because then I get excited. I want to do all the things. I want to go shopping. I want to take pictures. I want to post about it. And you know, you're staying up late, getting up early so you can enjoy it. And then I come back and I'm like, uh, I'm still exhausted. So (laughs) I've been learning. It's okay to take breaks while I'm here at home and I don't have to book a flight to a remote place in order to have a break. I can just not answer emails for a second. I can just not go into work and I can take a break in my own space. And that has been very, very hard for me because it's so tempting if I'm like, oh, but my laptop's right there. Oh, I could just reset up the store. Oh, I could just order this. Like, no, put it away for a day. It's okay. Because no one's going to, no one's going to do that for me. I got to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You saying that's funny. I was just thinking about the other day. I'm like, does travel really relax me? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. (laughs) I, yeah. That's because I, we talk about this too. There's a huge difference between traveling for like an experience and taking a vacation. You and I are just Mm -hmm. not good at taking vacations. We take trips. Yeah. And I would, well, I'd much rather take the trip for sure. Yeah. Same. 10 times out of 10, I'd much rather like travel. So maybe, yeah. 
Because I'm like, if I would you... take a vacation, I'm like, why would I just sit there somewhere else for a week and then pay for all that? I should just sit at my home and take a break. Yeah. And learn how to relax in your own space. Yeah. How to actually cope with your stress. No, that's really good. Okay. Another fun thing that I learned, and maybe I should have said this one earlier around the power of saying no, but another one that kind of relates to that is the power of negotiating. This year, I've just decided I'm just going to negotiate in all aspects of my life. I think it was also like a TikTok that was the catalyst for this. But it's this can be anything. Like if you are being offered a salary or a job, this could be negotiating your salary, negotiating a sign-on bonus. This could be negotiating a rate for like a sponsored post. That's kind of where I've seen this a lot or like rates for production as a producer. Like, oh, this is my day rate, you know, negotiating that kind of stuff. But people will give me a number and I'll just say no. And with the possibility like this could end and I'll just like let people walk away. But like they always come back. Like I don't think we realize how much power that we hold because in an exchange for a job or for anything, like there's two parties and both parties need each other. And I think as women, we just get walked over a lot. And like people always talk about the pay gap and stuff, but it's like, it's because women don't want to negotiate. And that's statistically true. Like women negotiate like 70% less than men or something insane. So I think this year I've just realized that every single time that I walk and say like, no, actually this is my rate. Like I can't do your rate. I'm sorry. They always come back. So if you need help for this for a nine to five or a job, Kristen on TikTok does such a good job of talking about negotiating. And she even just posted a salary list of like 40,000 jobs people put in their salaries and what their sign-on bonuses were. And you can check that out and look at that to kind of compare what you could ask for a sign-on bonus or stuff because companies and people have the room to do that. You just have to ask. So I mean, yeah, if you think about anything, like it's smart from there and too. They're not just going to offer their their top offer if someone's going to be willing to accept an offer. <laughs> yeah. If you're selling something on Facebook, you're not going to start by putting your lowest offer on the couch you're trying to sell. You leave wiggle room so that if someone offers you a little blow that you're like, okay, it's the same thing. That mm -hmm. is great. I noticed a similar thing. This brand I'm working with, they were like pushing back and they were like, we we want a more close-up of, of the product. And I was like, then why did you hire me to promote it? Don't you want me to do it? I'm not going to post the mm -hmm. close-up. And then they were like, okay. And I was like so stressed yeah. before. I was like, I'm not going to put that on my feed. And then they were like, okay. I'm like, yeah. Oh, all I had to do is negotiate. <laughs> I think that just goes back to, if you ask, you shall receive. If you don't ask, you're not going to get things in life. So you might as well just ask. So true. So, okay. I think we have a couple more. Yeah. This one. And then we'll do our final one together. I might have touched on this with the financial episode with Brady. And I'm not going to say that this is good advice. So maybe don't listen to this. This is just something that has worked for me a few instances where I bought something that was out of my budget because I know it's true about myself that I will not let myself fail. Like I know that I will always work harder or, or pull some strings and make stuff happen in order to make sure that I'm okay. But this was true even when we signed the lease for our place. The rent was way more than my broke South American backpacking self that was living on $30 a day could afford. But I was like, I want that space. I know that if I sign that lease, like I will do whatever I got to do in order to keep it. And then I kind of used that same logic with buying my car. Like, could I afford technically the car I bought? Yes, but it's like based off the percentages of what you should spend on something, I couldn't afford it. And then I bought it anyway. And there was, it was like, okay, well, you have no choice but to level up. And then it, it made me do that. And now I'm the person that can afford the car. Mm -hmm. Now I'm the person that can afford the lease, whatever. If you say, I don't know, I, I feel like that could be applied to stuff that's not just monetary. If 
if you want to be the yoga girl in the yoga outfits, then do it. And then your actions can accordingly fulfill that at some point in time. Yeah. I think we talked about that kind of with the, oh, our favorite quotes episode. We were talking about wanting to be fitness people mm. and like wanting to work out more. Just, just post on your story and just walk in the walk yeah. and it'll happen. Kind of like faking until you make it, honestly. It's the same kind of premise. Like you bought the car and then you made it. So you kind of faked it until you made it. So true. Like, but I knew yeah. like if I wouldn't have bought it, like I probably wasn't going to do the things I needed to do at the rate. Like it probably would have taken mm-hmm. me like three more years, say. Yeah, it was kind of like a kick in the butt yeah. to get up and moving. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what's a less, <laughs> like, what's something more? Oh, like, like, like you could potentially go bankrupt. I know, that's why that. I'm like, we'll no, figure it out. Don't take my advice on that. This don't just take that advice. <laughs> that was a lesson for you. That was Allison's lesson. Yes. Brady's like, rolling over <laughs> he's like oh my god no don't don't know that was perfect i i agree that makes sense for sure it's kind of like when you tell someone you're gonna do something and you just do it because you already told them you're gonna do it yeah that's very true kind of like that same premise you're right you're right yes your accountability buddy is the bank and they're <laughs> coming after you <laughs> just like a more aggressive version of accountability buddy hey, they mean business they're not joking around yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. One of my last ones was something I learned this year is that your brain is always looking for evidence to confirm what you've already told your brain. So if you think that you're the luckiest person ever, which is something that I've just like always told myself, I don't know when that came to be. I just convinced myself that I was super lucky. It will happen. And it has happened. Like I have good lucky things happen to me literally all the time. But on the other hand, if you are convinced that everything always goes wrong, nothing ever works out for you, your brain is just going to look for the things in your life that are constantly going wrong. And you're going to confirm in your head that everything is terrible and nothing ever works out for you. So you can teach your brain confirmation bias that's positive. And I don't know. I feel like with practicing gratitude, something that I try to do more this year, I have built my confirmation bias in my brain to be more positive and more appreciative of the things that I have and that and those things have kind of stayed around because I'm like thinking about them and I'm appreciating them and I'm keeping a positive outlook, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's teaching your brain to look for the good things instead of the bad things. Yes. Yes. When you start looking for the bad things, when you start thinking about them, it hundred percent happens. Like, yeah, your reality is what you think about. So I don't know. If you're having a really tough time, just Think about like, what is the sign? Like, show me that there's something good. Like, show me that something good's going to happen and then it will happen. Good things will come if you believe it. Small incremental changes over time end up being the big stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, back to you. This is something I have known my entire life, but it really became clear this year more than ever is that my space is extremely important to my well-being and I can't flourish. Maybe this is true for everyone. It probably is. It's just to the extent of how much you can handle it. But having different roommates affected me so much in college that I didn't really realize. And even in the last few weeks since Ghost has been living out at Clay's parents, I'm like, oh my God, realizing the areas that it affected me because I am such a neat freak and just, I like things how I like them. And I've tried to change, but 
I can share a lot of ideas and I can do things online and I can go and meet other places, but I have to have my space to come back to. And so even say like ghost shedded a ton. So it would even get on like the countertops and, you know, in the bottom of the fridge and stuff. And it would make me not want to eat at home and not be healthy because I literally didn't want to prepare food in my own kitchen. I used to stretch on the floor, just a good morning stretch layout. And I stopped doing that because I didn't want to lay on a ground of dog hair or like now in the mornings I can just make my coffee and journal and not have to immediately get up, take the dogs out, take them for walks, feed them. Like I get to serve myself first and my relation and like sleeping definitely affected my sleeping because I couldn't breathe and it was very loud. (laughs) And I like even the clothes I would wear, I wouldn't wear say like black Lululemon leggings because I'm like, they're going to get full of dog hair. So I would always just wear like crappy gray sweatpants around the house because you couldn't see dog hair on it. So there's so many things that I'm like, whoa, I feel like I can like breathe in my own space again. And I also learned last year of not having an assistant. Like I need to not feel constrained in my own environment. And that is also just unique to my situation where New Wave is like literally in my apartment in a way. So that's probably, I would probably feel very different if New Wave was like a store miles away. But I need my own space to myself in order to do all of my other goals. Like that is the foundation for me. Yeah. Wow. I know. Kind of heavy, but... I, like I, I can't do the podcast, can't do the store. I can't do 75 hard if I'm like crippling from the foundation. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling better. I'm optimistic for the next year. Yeah. It's great that it's kind of worked itself out. Yeah. And you still have some of the year left. Like it, it wasn't, yeah, just you still weeks. had some time to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And if you guys haven't touched up on our other episodes, Ghost was Clay's dog that he rescued. He is now happily living at Clay's parents' house across town with their big yard and their big house and their other dog. And he's living his best life. When we went and saw him, he had his his whole little Christmas outfit on and he's thriving. So no one please be sad. <laughs> he got a huge upgrade. Yeah. He's on permanent vacation now. And he's like four miles away. <laughs> and I think on a different like, episode, I also said he was 60 pounds. He's 85 <laughs> But he's a big he's boy. He's a big boy. Anyway. For a tiny little apartment. Honestly, yeah. I'm happy for ghosts. He's living his best life. Yes. Okay. You have one more? Last one I have. I wrote down something I learned this year was that your achievements are as big as your dreams are. We all know this. We've all heard this, but it is so true. And like I kind of already on this episode, but if you can take the time this month to really think about what you want to accomplish and go tell someone those goals, they are going to tell you to double it or to triple it or like make your goals bigger. Yeah. I'm so grateful that last December, I met with someone who was doing what I wanted to do. And I told them one of my goals and they were like, double that. Like that is, you can absolutely accomplish it. And it was related to pitching a video project for a commercial brand. Kind of how we talked about earlier. But like my original goal, I wanted to pitch like a 10K video project. And I think we said that on our February goals episode, I made it 20K. So on that episode, I said that I wanted to pitch a 20K project. By the end of the year, I will have locked in a six-figure project And to think that I almost didn't do the 10K, like even the 10K one scared me. But someone was like, no, you can absolutely do that. And 
I don't know. I think that we get so much in our heads about things that we can and can't do. So dream bigger, make your goals bigger. You got to set set the bar high. Okay. So I have a clarifying question because I know what the project is, but I know you don't want to like yeah. share it to the world just yet. So when you were being, say, small-minded of having it be a 10K pitch to now it being a six-figure, how did you change the thought process around, no, this work does need to be charged this much or like, no, this is a huge project. These people would be like getting me for next to nothing if I only offered this much. Was that just a change that you had to do within yourself or was that more of like an industry research that you're like, oh my gosh, no, like this work is that highly valued? Is it because the client is making so much off of you in your work that mm-hmm. your percent needs to be much higher? What What's well, like the process? Yeah, definitely a mix of things. I think when I originally wrote that goal down, I didn't even necessarily... Like I was only thinking of working with small businesses. So when I wanted to do like a 20K project, because I do, just to clarify, I do producing. So I produce videos and I work with directors and videographers to create videos. I think I was just thinking like really small, like I'm just going to find like a St. Louis brand or someone in the Midwest to work with them. But through connecting with my network, I found someone who was working at like a Fortune 500 company and they reached out and... I don't know, we just got talking. And then through talking with other people in the industry, actually a really good mentor, one of my dad's friends that used to work at an ad agency in Chicago. He so much mentored me throughout this whole thing and was like, no, this is how much you need to charge. Like, this is a huge deal. If they go to another agency, if they went to my agency in Chicago and asked for this, like, for this exact same thing, this would be like four times the price. Like, you're providing and your quality of work is just as good, if not better. And so I think, I don't know, I just think we get so caught up in not realizing our worth and you have to go find other people and talk to them and validate what your worth is. And if someone's listening and they're like, trying to get to influencing and they have no idea how to do it. Like reach out to me, reach out to anyone. Like I, that's one of the goals that I'm trying to do next year is like, I need to find a mentor that's doing what I want to do. And I'm scared to reach out to people because I'm like, oh, they're not going to have the time of day. Like they're going to think that they're better than me or they're not going to want to reach out. It's like, you never know until you ask. And if that person doesn't respond, they don't respond. But I've mentored people or hopped on calls people in the past that just like DM me. And I'm happy to do it because I know that I want someone to do that for me. So it's the least that I can do. So... It's, I feel like I can attribute that, yes, to talking to other people and hearing what other people in the industry are charging, what they're doing. So, yeah. And if you didn't ask, then you wouldn't know. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. And if honestly, with things like this, or you're working with like a big company on a huge project, if you charge too little, they might walk because they will realize that you don't know what you're doing. That is a huge thing that someone was talking about with, I can't remember what industry, but almost offering too low of a price for their service almost lost them the gig because that person thought that they were in. Oh my gosh. Yes. It was public speaking. Mel Robbins, Mm. huge public speaker. She was on podcasts I was listening to. And her, her rate that she gave this huge company that she went and spoke to them, she was like talking to the HR people afterwards. And they said that they almost didn't offer the job because they thought it was too good to be true. Like Mel Robbins, this incredible speaker is only charging this much. And we've heard so many good things. Like she must not be that good because this is what she's charging. And she was like, wow, that day I tripled my prices because that's, that is embarrassing. Yeah. Because then I guess it's kind of reflecting that like you don't value your own work. And if you don't value it Mm -hmm. and you're the only one that truly knows your work, how can someone else from the outside? It's a really good point. Wow. It's an inspiring story. That was a long rant. I'm so sorry. No, I think it was good because (laughs) I had... 
I don't know. I feel like we've alluded to it a little bit on here and I wanted you to have the opportunity to share more of that because it's a huge accomplishment. And ultimately it's kind of so much of your career over the past few years has been leading up to that moment. So even though it's like maybe one goal, it took so many other goals over the past few years in order to be where you are. Yeah. So So exciting. That'll happen next year. I'll get to share all of that. But yes, working with a very large company on a huge project. So I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Well, I guess we can do our one together. Okay. Since it's 21 goals, we've each did 10 and we have one as a podcast because we've done so much this podcast and learned so much. So what better way than have a quote that encompasses this whole journey? Um, we said, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we said the best way to predict your future is to create it for yourself. So good. A year ago at this time, we we didn't have a podcast. How can you say, oh, I want to be a podcaster and then not make a podcast? Got it. Yeah. Got to take the steps in order to make the reality. And yeah. And if we last year, I feel like I was so lost because I had gotten laid off and I didn't know what I was doing. And I predicted my future by deciding you know, that that was something that we wanted to run with was like putting the show together and here we are. I don't know. And just following through. I'm so impressed mm. with how much we've done and followed through because I'm a serial starter of things and <laughs> it back to the YouTube goal, RIP. <laughs> and like, I'm proud of us. We actually posted every single Friday for almost a whole year. Yes. And it, we're, we're going to keep doing it. We, we won't stop. We've had 50... 50- this will be like episode 50 or something. That's a lot of episodes. Like how much time went into thinking up a topic, making the outline, contacting guests, all of our crazy schedules, all of the traveling, all of the other work we're doing, being able to sit, meet down, get it edited, do all the backend stuff on our hosting sites, write the description, come up with social content. There's so much that went into it. And I honestly think it's good that we didn't know how much it would take because I probably would have had cold feet and been like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. like this year's just way too crazy. Like, I don't think that's something I can commit to. Probably would have said that if I knew how much podcasting (laughs) actually took. You're like, oh, wait, this is actually so much work. Yeah. Yeah. Like at first I would refer to the podcast as like a side hobby. And now I'm like, this is my second business. This is Mm -hmm. as time consuming as an actual business. I mean, it is registered as a business. We're just not... um, We're not there We're yet, not there but yet. 2022, <laughs> we are coming. We want to do more, obviously, with this. So, but yeah, that's kind of back to the quote. I think we're going to create the year that we want to see next year with the podcast, with our own lives and I don't know, taking a hold of our reality and doing it. Making what we want. Yeah. Gosh. And think how not okay we were. Maybe, maybe it was just me, but I remember on that first episode, I was like on the verge of tears. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I have nothing to say. Why would anyone listen to me? Literally crumbling. That was also a huge part of why I felt like I needed to get my shit together because I was like, no way in hell I can give anyone advice with this current situation that is myself. If I don't have my whole (laughs) life and shambles, ducks in order. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just goes to show. Do what you want to do, guys. Life is short. We could die tomorrow. And a lot can change in one year. So much can change in one single year. Mm -hmm. So much has changed. Wow. To think of where I was at this time last year is just crazy. My life is completely different. Where you were with your career, your Mm -hmm. living situation, the things you've accomplished. 
the people in your life. You've gone so much. And that's what I think is so beautiful. I know people don't like New Year's resolutions. Some people do. They're not for everyone. But I just think it's a great reset of being able to reflect back of like, okay, if I think about myself at this exact time last year, has a lot changed because it's so easy in your day-to-day to be like, nothing's changing. Like my life is just the same old, same old. I'm just chugging along. But then you look back and you're like, oh, holy shit, things are happening. Mm-hmm. And if you don't force yourself to sit down and do the hard work of just even thinking about where you want to be in five or 10 years, when are you ever going to do it? I think we all got really lucky that we were forced to stop. You know, obviously the pandemic was absolutely horrible. People have died and it, I don't wish that upon anyone, but you have to look at the silver lining. Like we all had to stop and evaluate like, oh, is the job that I just got laid off from? Was that even what I even wanted to do? So I'm going to continue reflecting with New Year's resolutions. Like that works for me. I'm going to continue doing it. And um, yeah. We're going to keep telling them to people so that we have to follow through. (laughs) And I'm going to keep telling them in this dumb microphone (laughs) on our little podcast. No, I think all in all, we also want to thank you guys. And thanks for being here. It's been a crazy year. We've grown so much and we always attribute that to you guys and sharing the show and your love for the show. and. Here's to 50 more episodes. Here's to 50 more. Oh my gosh. I just realized, yes. Happy New Year's Eve. Can I make one funny comment that I don't understand? You know how whenever, say like a famous person gets like a Grammy or something, they're like, I am so humbled. And I'm like, "What? Do you, why are you humbled? You just put yourself on a pedestal. You get humbled when you fall and eat shit on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like this is the season where people are like, I'm so humbled to announce. I'm like, humbled is the wrong choice of words, ma'am. Like, am I misunderstanding that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Like, Kim Kardashian she, literally just said it yeah. when she won the fashion icon. She's like, I'm so humbled. Thank you. I'm like, humbled is not, I, I feel like when I think of humble, I think gratitude is a better word. <laughs> yeah. Like, thankful. I'm humbled when I thought I was going to sign a contract or land something. And they're like, actually, we went a different direction. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, okay. That is when you can't get too cocky. Yeah. That's when you're humbled. That's <laughs> uh, well, funny. Anyway, happy I'd like to accept this award. <laughs> We are humbled that the podcast has brought us so much growth. (laughs) Yeah. No, we're grateful. We're very appreciative. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great 2022. It's going to be an amazing year. Have a great, yeah. Happy New Year's. We'll see you guys on the other side. And this concludes our final episode of Already Friends 2021, baby. See you guys next year. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening, liking, subscribing, resharing on Instagram stories. We just wanted to give you a final nudge. December 31st, the end of 2021 is coming up and we have that AirPod Pro giveaway going on. So to be entered, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and a screenshot that you did that, send it to our Instagram. We'll write you down to be entered. If you want, you can also share the podcast to your Instagram story and tag us. Leave a nice comment about what you like. Clock is ticking. The year's almost done. Get entered. AirPod Pose could be coming your way. Thanks, guys. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.